Welcome to Creative Biolabs. 100% of the effort, 100% of the service. As a dynamic contract research organization, we are based in New York and serve the whole world. Our seasoned scientists are skilled in antibody discovery, antibody engineering, and biomanufacturing solutions. Hello everyone, this is Joyce. Today, we are going to talk about the next generation payloads for ADCs with Sony our research scientist in Creative Biolabs. Hi Sony, the clinical success of gemtuzumab ozagamacin, brintuximab vidotin, and adutrastazumab omtansine, has spurred significant investment into new ADC payloads. So what are new ADC payloads? What are the advantages of them, compared to the conventional payloads? While DNA damaging agents and inhibitors of tubulin polymerization, continue to be significant areas of exploration, a variety of ADC payloads are emerging. They target other essential cellular processes, such as RNA polymerization and splicing, kinesin-mediated protein transport, and regulation of apoptosis. These are called the new payloads or next-generation payloads for ADCs. They begin to overcome PGPFLUX and other mechanisms of ADC resistance, exhibit efficacy against slow-growing and quiescent tumors and enable the use of mechanistic biomarkers. You know, the concept of antibody-delivered drugs goes back over five decades, and antibody drug conjugates typically consist of a targeting moiety, tethered to a cytotoxic payload via a cleavable or non-cleavable linker. A consistent theme of ADC research over the past 20 years, has been the redeployment of efficacious but poorly tolerated drugs as ADC payloads. However, Many chemotherapeutic drugs were not sufficiently potent to serve as effective ADC payloads. Clinical success was finally realized through the incorporation of ultra-potent payloads such as Kalichi machine, maintenanoids, and oristatins. So the emerging of new ADC payloads may expand the utility of ADC technology. We know that there are several ADC drugs on the market. What type of payload do these drugs use? Well. They are usually classified into two categories, tubulin toxin and DNA toxin. Can you tell us more about the tubulin toxin? Actually, clinical stage conjugates that employ such agents include polytutsumavidotin, indituximabrovtensine, mirvetuximabsorovtensine, and glembatumamabvidotin. Because tubulin polymerization is essential for many cellular processes such as mitosis, intracellular transport, and maintaining structural integrity. Blockage of tubulin polymerization by agents such as oristatins and maintenance have formed the basis for the recent renaissance of ADCs entering clinical development. The structure of dolastatin 10 has served as the basis for numerous oristatin ADC payloads. In particular, variations of the C-terminal amine have resulted in multiple well-known ADC payloads such as MMAE, MMAD and MMAF. There have been efforts made to introduce changes to the N-terminal end of oristatins. While tubulacins belong to a class of structurally related tetrapeptides, that are produced by mixobacteria. Like oristatins, they bind to the vinca binding site of tubulin and potently inhibit tumor cell proliferation. However, unlike oristatins, most tubulacins are not PGP substrates and therefore may offer an advantage in overcoming resistance to oristatin-based payloads. And in recent years, a variety of new tubulin binders have been explored, goals of these efforts often include increased safety, 
efficacy, and structural novelty. Besides tubulin toxin, DNA-damaging payload seems to be a more commonly used toxin, isn't it? That's right. Though the widespread use of tubulin binding agents is due, in part, to the fact that they are modestly selective for rapidly dividing cells. However, this feature can also be a drawback as some tumor types, and some cell types, such as tumor-initiating cells, are inherently slow-growing. Moreover, most mouse xenograft models consist of tumors that grow much faster than typical human tumors, thereby perhaps giving a false indication of efficacy for an agent that is highly specific for rapidly dividing cells. For these reasons, there has been a tremendous growing interest in DNA-damaging ADC payloads over the past 5 to 10 years. These agents have the benefit of being exquisitely potent against both dividing and non-dividing cells. How do this toxin works? Well, the DNA-damaging agents can fall into roughly three mechanistic categories, DNA double-strand breakers, DNA alkylators, and DNA intercalators. The prototypical example of the first class, DNA double-strand breakers, are inodyne antibiotics such as colichemycin and oncilomycin. DNA alkylators include benzodiazepine dimers and duocarmycin-like payloads, each of which may be designed as a bisalkylator. DNA crosslinker, or a monoalkylator. Finally, DNA intercalators include the therapeutically important chemptothecin and anthracycline agents. And each of these structural classes are been developed rapidly. Anthracyclines and chemptothecin are widely used small molecule chemotherapeutic agents. Do you think they have a future in ADC payload? Good question. Unlike most other ADC payloads, anthracyclines, chemptothecin, and related analogs are widely used small molecule chemotherapeutic agents. They act both as toposomerase inhibitors and DNA intercalators, thereby interfering with DNA transcription and replication, which make them attractive for use as ADC payloads. But the in vitro cytotoxicity of most anthracyclines and chemptothecins is in a range believed to be insufficient for optimal ADC efficacy. The most recent efforts on these payloads have focused on ultra-potent agents that have not been evaluated clinically. You mentioned that, there are a variety of ADC payloads that target other essential cellular processes, could you tell us about that? Sure. Instead of tubulin and DNA, another target is RNA splicing, that is a critical step in the process of DNA translation. Newly synthesized pre-mRNA is edited and processed in a large protein complex, known as the spliceosome. A number of natural products are known to inhibit RNA splicing by binding to various subunits of the spliceosome. So RNA polymerase inhibitors are potent cytotoxins, that directly block the transcription of DNA into mRNA. It seems that, targeting the essential cellular processes is still the main mechanism for payloads research. Are there other innovations? Indeed, most chemotherapy agents have historically acted via direct disruption of critical cellular machinery. Hopefully, many recent studies have teased out various aptonic signaling pathways and have opened up a new mechanism for cytotoxicity direct induction of apoptosis. This is particularly attractive because one of the hallmarks of cancer is insensitivity to aptonic signaling. For example, one mechanism by which cells become resistant towards apoptosis is, 
through overexpression of certain anti-aptonic BCL2 family members, such as BCLXL. These anti-aptonic proteins bind and block the activity of proaptotic BH3 domain proteins, such as BID and BIM. BCLXL inhibitors have been evaluated in the clinic, however significant thrombocytopenia has been a dose-limiting side effect, likely because circulating platelets are dependent upon BCLXL for survival. So, many have begun to explore the possibility of ADC-mediated delivery of BCLXL inhibitors, in order to avoid these off-target activities. And another kind of innovative approach is to induce antiproliferative activity. For example, Bayer recently filed a patent application for the use of kinesin spindle protein inhibitors as ADC payloads. Marshall has reported a fascinating new approach for the induction of cytotoxicity by blocking a surface membrane ion pump, sodium-potassium pump. Sounds very exciting. Definitely. And interest in the targeted delivery of non-oncology payloads have been prompted with the increasing success of clinical ADCs in oncology. Anti-inflammatory ADCs are of particular interest due both to the unmet medical need for many diseases, and to the large portfolio of antibodies that have been designed to target specific lymphocytes. However, studies have been underutilized or deprioritized due to off-target side effects, and the infective ADC also remain to be explored. And recently some studies proved that ADC delivery of SIRNA is a feasible goal. Anything else you would like us to know? While the ADC pipeline has grown considerably over the past five years, few have reached late-stage trials. But hopefully, different innovative solutions based on new principles are being actively developed and tested, and the classic methods are being modified as well. It is expected that there will be several kinds of effective payloads, to expand the utility of ADC technology in the near future. That is our constant pursuit.